Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, what's up, y'all, and welcome back into another episode of Believe in the ATP Tour. I'm your host, Jacob Sersosmo. Today, you're listening on the Believe Network. You know the spiel. Let's get right into it. It's the Australian Open time. Australian Open is going. The first two rounds are over. This podcast is coming out before round three. And then we'll probably get another one out, you know, for the semifinals and stuff like that. I like to pump out a few during majors like this just because there's a lot more going on and a lot more to talk about. And honestly, through the first few days of this tournament, I don't think there was much to talk about. Not a whole lot was happening. Of course, Djokovic not winning in straight sets was not concerning, but eye-opening. And nothing really happened. And then, what's the today? Thursday and then Wednesday night in America when I was watching it. Oh, my gosh. I feel like everything happened on Wednesday night. Uh, big names almost went out. Uh, and, like, it really went down to the wire for a few matches. So we're going to get into that right now and get into kind of what to watch the rest of the tournament, what surprised me earlier, what I like earlier, and then we're going to move on into the rest of Australian Open. But overall, I think it's going well. I think they've had some weather issues, some day matches being indoors, some, you know, some rain has been pushed some things. But I think for the most part, the tournament's been going good. Um, I made a comment on Twitter the other day that said, can we just put all the American men and all the American women playing at what's the earliest time they can play over there? 11 a.m. or whatever it is. So they start at 7 or, or 8, 8 p.m. here in the States so we can actually watch it. It was obviously a joke. They're not going to do that. But it would be nice if they played a little earlier. I, I had a debate with my brain the other day at about 12.30 a.m. at night when Fritz and Ben Shelton just started their match. Tiafa was coming on soon and Eubanks was on. And I was like, do I stay up for another three hours or do I go to bed? I went to bed um, because I know myself. And once I started watching those matches, uh, I can't stop. So I watched a little bit of the Fritz match, a little bit of the Shelton match. Um, but once I got to a good stopping place, I did. It's tough to watch the Australian Open here in America. I understand it. I get it. But we're going to get into kind of what I've enjoyed and what what I'm looking at here as the Australian Open moves on. So we'll get into that. If we're looking at the early rounds, uh, you know, Djokovic winning in four sets in the first round to a qualifier was like, hmm, that's interesting. Um, then you got Echeverry, the 30 seed, played Andy Murray in the first round, beat him in straight sets. Disappointing for, for Andy Murray. Uh, this was a great first round match between Stan Wawrinka and Adrian Manorino. That went five sets. Wawrinka kind of brought in some vintage Wawrinka in that match. And he, he looked, from what I saw... Uh, he looked pretty good, but couldn't come out on top. Um, I didn't realize Sinner played Van de Zanschkulpt in the first round. That that last year, that would have been a really really tough match. I don't know where Van de Zanschkulpt is in his in his you know in his career as far as how he's playing right now. But he played really well about a year year and a half ago. Uh, Sinner took care of business. There's there's no there's no worry where Sinner is as far as Americans. JJ Wolf had to retire in the first round match, which uh, sucks. Who else retired is uh, Milos Raonic against Alex de Manure. The Demon is playing dangerous tennis right now. I tweeted the other day, he's in the third round and he's played less than four hours of tennis. Which, when you're playing in a Grand Slam, you need to win what? Seven? One, two, three, four, five, six. You need to win seven matches to win a Grand Slam. Seven matches to win a Grand Slam. So the least time on court you can have moving further into the tournament 
the better. And Alex De Manure is on that path as we speak. Corda, he's playing well. Eubanks loses in the second round. Holger Runa is one of the first like big, big upsets. Uh, Runa lost in the second round to, I'm getting into it right now, uh, a wild card. His name is Arthur Kazoo. I'm going to say Kazakhs, Kazoo, something like that. Not good for Runa. Not good. You're the eighth seed and you lo lose to a wild card um, that I've never heard of. That's not necessarily a uh, a great sign. Moving into like the second round and who else has played well in the first round. Davidovich Falkina loses to uh, Nuno Borges. Not a good loss for Falkina because he's in the 23 seed. So he's, he's one of the seeded players that goes down. Uh, Francis Tiafo loses in the second round. Chris Eubanks loses in the second round. Eubanks, number 35 in the world. However, he loses to uh, Andre Rublev, which is a loss you'd expect him to take. So not a great loss for him. Uh, one guy, who, a qualifier that makes it to the second round and loses is Sumit Nagal. And with that win in the first round, he becomes the first Indian player to defeat a seeded opponent in a Grand Slam since 1989. Talk about having a whole nation behind your back or on your back. Nagal, for the first time in, what is that, 44 years or something like that? Tough. 10, 20, oh, 34 years. My math. Way off. My math. My math is way off. Uh, but great for Nagal. He's a qualifier. He loses in the second round. Um, but nevertheless, getting a win like that, Nagal's been around. Um, I'm not saying Nadal. I'm saying Nagal with a G. Uh, he's been around, but... For him to, you know, have that moment for his country, definitely special. Let's get to the interesting stuff. Um, Tommy Paul beats Jack Draper in the second round. But here are the matches I was watching last night. It was, uh, we'll get to Medvedev in a second. Alexander Sverev played Klein, who's a qualifier. That match goes five sets. And Klein could have very well won this match. Uh, he had his chances for sure. Uh, went to a tiebreak in the in the fourth set. Klein was up two sets to one in the fourth. Loses in a tiebreak there, and then Sverev wins in the t fifth set tiebreak. Four hours, thirty one minutes. Uh, yeah, this Lucas Klein really showed up in this match. He was fun to watch. He played outstanding, and afterwards you could tell he's like, it looked like he felt like he let one slip away, which I believe he did. Alexander Sverev, the six seed, on the ropes late on Wednesday night here in the states. The other guy on the ropes. Um, is Cam Nori. That goes five sets. He plays Zippiotti. Zeppiotti. An Italian man. Cam Nori comes back from two sets to none. 6-2, 6-4, 6-4 in the last three sets to win and move on to the third round. Uh, and then talk about the Australian. The home, the home crowd was way behind Max Purcell, who is fun to watch. He's an entertaining Australian, and he was playing Casper Rude, and Casper Rude wins in a fifth-set tiebreak. Rude, I'm not saying he should have lost this match, but there were times where you're like, there's no way he wins this match. Uh, in the tiebreak, he actually was up big in the fifth-set tiebreak and lets Purcell get back into it. I believe he was like 8-7 at one point, and then he goes on to win the next couple points, but... Rude, very, very close to having an early exit. And then you're going to talk about uh, nope, Alcaraz and Sinego. That was a quick match in four sets. But you're going to talk about Daniil Medvedev, a guy that was on the ropes against Rusevori. Daniil Medvedev and Rusevori played a match late on which would have been Thursday night in Melbourne. Four hours, 23 minutes, 
five-set match. It ended at 3.45 in the morning. 3.45. I woke up from a full eight hours of sleep here in the States and watched the last two sets. That's when you know you're playing way too long. Now, the tour is hoping to cut down on matches like this throughout the tour throughout the next year. But as of right now, you're the Grand Slam dog. You got days to rest. Um, but this has to mess with your schedule, your sleep schedule, your eat schedule. Like if you're getting done at 345 in the morning, post-match presser, you're talking to people, blah, blah, blah. That's going to go to at least probably 415 shower, cool down everything. Next thing you know, it's five o'clock, get back to the hotel. The sun's coming up and now you have to go to bed six to maybe noon. Maybe. I don't know how you do it. And then you run into the problem of, do you stay up for that? You know, do you go practice in the afternoon or do you stay up for that like 12 hours, right? Um, or like 10 hours until 10 p.m. and then try to go back to bed? Well, can you go back to bed because you've hardly slept or you've slept most of the day day there, right? You've only been up for 10 hours. Can your body sleep? That's tough. Um, Medvedev had his fair share of chances to lose this match as well. Medvedev in the next round will play Felix Ogiele Asim, who has managed to make his way into the third round. Another big story here is this Alex Mickelson, who will play Sferiv now, the Californian, the youngster, 19 years old. He He's playing really well. He beats uh, Laheka in four sets. He looks really good. Laheka is the number 32 seed. Uh, the singles rank for Alex Mickelson is number 91 in the world. And I think I saw, yeah, I saw a tweet here from Ben Rothenberg that says Mickelson, just 19 years old, was ranked outside the top 500 at this time last year, now closing in on the top 50. That's how much life can change for some of these players that they continue to play better. In his post-match press conference last night, he talked about, or in his interview on court, he talked about how his serve has gotten a lot better, how his forehand has gotten a lot better. They were big points of weakness last year at this time, and also just way more mature, right? Just he he feels he's much more mature. At 19 years old, of course, you're still trying to mature, but the way you mature um, shows on the court more times than not when you're winning these matches and moving on into major, you know, Grand Slam matches like this. He has a huge test in Sferov. That's probably going to be on a big court with a big crowd because Sferov struggled against a guy um, that that wasn't necessarily so good. He was a qualifier in round two, so a lot of fans are probably thinking there's a capability of that happening again. So all eyes, I think, are on the match are on the next matches for those guys because they struggled. Last round, you look at Cam Norrie and, and Casper Ruud play each other, uh, number 11 and number 19 seed. Not too long ago, this was a top 10 matchup, and both these players really, really struggled last round. Uh, Sferov and Mikkelsen, FAA and Medvedev. Uh, Borges, who just had a big win, is going to play Grigor Dimitrov. And then there's a lot, a lot of good third-round matches. Sebastian Korda plays Rublev. Uh, Sinner plays Sebastian Baez, which he should win, to be honest. Uh, Manorino plays Ben Shelton. That should be fun. And then Djokovic plays Echeverry. So there's already really good matches in this tournament that I'm looking forward to and that are going to be fun to watch. And now that you get to the third round, the fourth round, the fifth round, some heavyweights are coming out and there's going to be some good stuff on deck for the next few days at the Australian Open. Djokovic, Alcaraz, Djokovic making it to the third round. Uh, Alcaraz making it to the third round. Djokovic, uh, you know, Score-wise, hasn't looked great, you know, making it to four sets with some of these guys. Uh, but you can never count out Novak Djokovic. I think he'll 
he'll he'll be just fine. Uh, let's get to the women's side of thing. Iga Swiatek, the number one seed and the number one player in the world, almost going down against Daniel Collins. This was happening at the same time as like Sferiv. This happened right before like the Sferiv, the Kasparud, the Medvedev, all that stuff happened over here on Wednesday night in the States. Wow, was Iga Swiatek down and out. I thought she was losing for sure. There, I, I was watching it. She was down two breaks, 4-1 with Daniel Collins serving. In the, third, in the third set, I thought it was over. There's no way you come back, break her two more times. Next thing you know, it's 5-4, and Sviatek wins 6-4. There's such a shift of momentum in tennis, and there was definitely a shift of momentum in this match. It was all Danimal. It was all Danimal. It was all Danimal. Blink, boom, the other way, it's Iga Sviatek. And one of the, probably the saddest thing of this match is after the match, Danielle Collins announces that she's going to be retiring from tennis after this year competitively. Um, so this was her last Australian Open, which I don't think anybody knew, at least the the general public didn't know. And so she's a fighter. She's thrilling to watch. She's fun to watch. It's going to be a bummer not watching her on tour because as an American, she is someone you want in, her cor- in your corner and on your team because she is an absolute fighter. Some people think she has questionable antics. And by antics, I mean she's just very, very passionate out there, I think is a good way to put it. However... Fun to watch. She's a lightning bolt out there and awesome to watch. Um, Lena Svitolina still in it. Uh, Ostapenko beat Tomjanovic and looks like she'll play Victoria Azarenka. Tomjanovic, uh, Isla Tomjanovic and Ostapenko have a little bit of history. There was a little words exchange after a match they had a year or so ago. Um, a little drama before this, but this one goes the distance, three sets. Stays close. Who else is still in it? Uh, Sloane Stevens is still in this tournament. The match I'm really looking forward to is the two Americans. Uh, Alicia Parks, who's number 82nd ranked in the world, and Coco Goff. Coco Goff has looked really, really good. I would expect the four-seed Goff to win this match, of course. Uh, and the way she's playing, yes, you you look all signs go towards Coco winning this match. However, Alicia Parks has looked good. She's looked solid. She's an American. They know each other's games really well. And sometimes... You know, when you play someone that that knows your game really, really well, it's a little nerve-wracking, I would say. It's not as comforting, and it's not as easy to win because they know your your game so well. A big upset in the second round is Rabakina. Rabakina loses to Blinkova 22-20 in the third set tiebreaker, and with that score in the tiebreaker, it's the longest tiebreak in a singles match in Grand Slam history. What? Didn't see that coming. That's wild. Third round, we're back in it. Um, Sloane Stevens is in it, obviously. I just mentioned her. Uh, Serenko is going to play Sabalenka. Anisimova has had a great tournament so far. Um, I think she, I believe she was coming back from an injury or something. Uh, she was out for a little bit. She beat she beat Samsonova, number thirteen seed, in the first round, and then in the second round, she keeps it rolling and she beats uh, Podoroska in the second round. So the American Amanda Anisimova is number 442 in the world. She's coming back from an injury, I believe. She didn't play for a while there. But she's making some noise at the Aussie Open, and a lot of players are as we get into this second week. Uh, We'll get there in a little bit. Round three is coming up in the next few days, and then you obviously have the quarterfinals. There's a lot going on. Um, Like I said, it was quiet early, but then it started to get really, really loud. There's some. I know I kind of mentioned a lot of names in this and kind of went through it quick, but... That's what kind of happens in a Grand Slam. There's a lot of matches that take place 
over the first you know week, really, but the first four or five days, the first and second round, and then after that, the big names and the big players kind of emerge as you know the best players in the world, and that's why you talk about them late in the tournament. If I'm not talking about a big player early in the tournament or a big name, that's a good sign for them. That means they're just playing really, really good. If I talked about them like today, Sferov, Rude, Sviatek, Medvedev, all these guys, Cam Nori, it means that they probably struggled a little bit, and them, most of them, almost lost. So if I'm not talking about you, that's a good sign at this point in the tournament. I've rambled on for long enough. That's going to be it for today's episode. The Australian Open on ESPN is pretty much every single night. You can find it ESPN or ESPN2, and it's overnight. So uh, if you've got a night shift or you like staying up till midnight, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning, do it. You can't miss it. It's the best. And you'll probably stay up later if you want. And I think your boss at work should understand. Okay? I think they should. It's the Aussie Open. Watch some. We'll see you in a few days when we talk about the quarterfinals here coming up soon. Appreciate you listening. Adios. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.